The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Swift Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Adio, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode 357 is going out to one of our friends in the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Appy, if you're in the Discord last night, you, you'll know why I'm sending this out to him. So this, I, I, yes, it, it's a he, I believe. I think everyone's, who am I kidding? Everyone in there is a guy. Everyone listening is a guy, <laughs> S- sadly. Um, anyhow. Thank you for coming to the show, regardless of of how you identify. I am one of the hosts. I identify as Jeff Chalks Fox, the chalky side. I don't know. I don't even know if I am anymore. Chalky side of, of this combo. Uh, I'm the losing side of this combo, but uh, I can spin it um, <laughs> to make it seem like I had a good night. You just wait. Uh, this this The man who loves to spin, I'm going to introduce in a second. He can spin anything. So let's bring him in. It's the brains of the operation and the beauty. It's Daniel Gumby Reeland. Hello. So I, I am going to quickly gloat that I believe this is my fifth event, UFC event in a row that I beat you in. Uh, um, probably, yep. Fifth, fifth or sixth. But I am going to also pre-spin it for you uh, yes. because it's not often somebody crushes their lock, their dog, and their prop all on the are same we counting my Are we counting my dog? Because my, my dog fell through and then you asked me for a different one after. It wasn't on I'm air. counting. We counting I'm counting. Much? I'm counting your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yes, I got for those who, my for those of you who only listen to the pod and don't follow us on Twitter. Which, by the way, follow us on Twitter at SGPN MMA. Um, but for those who who didn't catch us, he, he he bet Jim Miller as his underdog, and then obviously Jim Miller wasn't an underdog in the fight by the time it actually happened because he changed opponents. Uh, Jared Gordon's head has made it scrambled eggs at this point, and he certainly shouldn't be allowed to fight. Um, so I asked him, I said, before I throw this graphic up on our Twitter, do you want a real underdog that you can actually bet? And he said, yeah, throw, uh, throw the demonster, Demon Blackshear in there. And, uh, man, he, he looked incredible. Um, so yeah. it, it wound up being a clean sweep for Foxy. So there I'm going to pre-spin it in your way. I, I'm, Thank I think you. you get to, I think you get to gloat. I do get to gloat. I hit my lock, John Castaneda. I hit my dog, Demon Blackshear. I hit my prop, uh, which was Kareen. Silva inside the distance that that was uh very very clearly inside the distance that that match <laughs> did that fight did not last long so minus one twenty plus one twenty five plus one hundred Gumby did not too bad for himself as well but we'll go through all the fights in a moment I, I got there I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna gloat real quick too that's yep. my lock and dog both hit so I missed on the prop yep. I had our last yep. decision I hit, hit the lock Castaneda, and dog he hit Linz as a dog and so Felipe Linz. no that is there. the that's the third straight event I've hit lock and dog both. Really? Oh wow! Look at this guy. Yeah. And, and so... yet, and yet, no, not and yet. Actually, you're you're catching up. You're beating me in the, yeah. So the lock Scumby is up fifteen percent uh, return on investment. I am still down. Uh, we're both down in our dogs. Uh, Gumby barely down. Me down a lot. And then props. I am barely down. Gumby is up fourteen percent on return on investment. So yeah, you're killing it. Yeah, it's it's been a really good like five or six events. <laughs> yes, hopefully IRL 
it's been good too. Not not just on, on it, silly. It has it has thanks to the well, good good man Tim Elliott in all of his life uh, <laughs> Dear, we'll talk about that. Actually, maybe before we jump into all that, I'm going to tell you what what's keeping us in your ear holes. Not not your ear pods or whatever you listen to, but no. I'm speaking of Edge Boost. This episode is supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to twenty five hundred bucks in betting advances which can be extremely valuable which an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. That's what you can do, especially with the NFL season on the way. Uh, double down on a favorite bet you like or even use it to create an awesome middle or even hedge. So like I said, NFL futures, if you need some extra dough, Edge Boost is the place to go. Hey, that rhymes. They should use that. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest. Do you know of any other way you can access more money to place your favorite bets without paying any interest? Legally, I assume they're asking. Not, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of places you can get money with zero interest, but not illegally. Uh, support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge, E-D-G-E, to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. You must be 21 years or older to use it. Problem gambler or gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Let's get into UFC on ESPN. Cara France versus Albazi. Um, they mentioned this on, I guess, yeah, Severe MMA podcast. I listened to this morning. But if you're watching KSW before this, this was quite a uh, juxtaposition uh, between the, the, the two events because uh, KSW was a wild event in like 50,000 person football stadium. And then you had the nice, quiet apex with a bunch of, a lot of no name fighters on the card. Yeah, but but also one had two title fights canceled. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. All right, so well, we had this one at the UFC Apex, where apparently fighters don't get free tickets for their families anymore or friends because Tim Elliott complained about that on Twitter. So um, main event controversial um, decision: Amir Albazi, who we we're not, we did not pick, won the flyweight five round main event over Kai Kara France. Split decision: 47, 48, 48, 47, 48, 47. Um, as I said in the Discord, actually everyone in the Discord are. Surprisingly, this is an online space. Uh, everyone is really good people in there. No, no one really uh, uh, piles on anyone or anything. We have intelligent uh, discussions and debates. But um, as the fight was going on, we were saying how this is uh, such a close, tight fight. Um, because of that, you can't say this was a robbery by any means. It was a very tight fight. However, one of the uh, judges' scorecards, the one and only Chris Lee, uh, basically, uh, which swung the fight in, um, Albazi's favor. His scorecard is kind of hard to uh, hard to justify, considering he gave Albazi the fourth round, which was clearly not his round. Yeah, it was. So I, I thought Kai Kara France won. I thought he won kind of. I, I thought he won kind of comfortably too. Uh, I thought um, one four five for one, sure. One four one four five seemed obvious, and I'm gonna be honest. I know no judge gave him two, but I almost think he won two. It was a um, toss up for sure. And, and I think it's one of those situations. I've talked about this before in a five round fight when one guy clearly wins round one, which I guess he didn't clearly win round one because Sal Diamato gave it to Albazi. Um, yep. But when somebody clearly wins round one, as I thought Kai Kara France did, and then that second round comes around and the losing fighter is closer. I think they tend to give them the rounds and just be like, you know, whether it's subconsciously or consciously, they don't want him to be down to nothing and to be like non-competitive at that point. 
or they're like, oh, yeah, he looked good in that round. When, in fact, he didn't look better than the fighter he was fighting. He just looked better than the round one version of himself. So uh, I think that was a mistake. I, I think I think you could have argued Kaikara France 49-46 easy, more easily than you could Albezi 48-47. But yeah. um, with that being said, uh, you know, scorecards aside, complaints aside, you know, fight aside, Amir Albezi seemed very sure that he was getting a title shot after this. There, there's no way, right? Like, there, no. there's, there's no way. The And I don't just mean because, like, it wasn't an emphatic win. It wasn't an impressive win. Just, like, no part of watching him in that fight made me think, like, oh, man, we got to get this guy. We got to get this guy to the top. What would this guy versus Pantoja look like? Or what would this guy versus Moran? I'll tell you what it looked like. Pantoja would fucking sauce him. Uh, Pantoja would make him look despicable. Um, like I, I think he could be very excited, but this is his first win over anybody who matters in the flyweight division. And it wasn't good. So he, he's going to have to fight pro- probably Brandon Roy Ball, right? Like that, that makes the most sense yeah, Him and Brandon Roy sense, Ball yeah. for the number one contender spot. Yep. In the, um, performance rankings I do on my Substack, moneymma.substack.com subscribe, um, they're like right beside each other. The, the yeah, field that's of Aussie per- and Roy Ball, so it makes perfect sense. Yep. Yeah, and it, it just makes sense too because like uh, Roy Ball has beaten Kaikara France too. Um, yep. Sick, sick guillotine choke uh, after tagging him on the feet. That was fun. And he's now on a massive three fight winning streak. Bontarine, Matt Schnell, Matthews Nicolau. He finished two of those guys. He got performance bonuses twice, both in the first round. Um, and his last two losses. Moreno and Pantoja. So like he yeah in his last if if you look at his last uh nine fights, his only losses in his last nine fights were to Moreno and Pantoja. So I like if you're asking me, does Roy Vall deserve it or does Albazi deserve it? Like, there's no way you give it to Albazi before Roy Vall. Yep. Very, very true. So we missed on this, sadly. We had Kai Kara France minus one ten. So KKF, is he going to be, like, relegated to, like, upper, the upper gatekeeper of the division? You know, I think he's got to go back and fight somebody a little bit further down. Somebody like a David Dvorak. Um, although David Dvorak's got a fight book. But somebody, like, of that nature. Um, or, you know, a Sumu Derji or somebody like that. But um, I, I don't think that we need to write him off for, for two no. reasons. Number one, he just won this fight against the guy we're now talking about being in a number one contender fight. Number two, he's 30. You know, he, he's not an old guy. Like, he's 30 years old. Uh, and he just turned 30. So, like, he's got plenty of time in front of him. I, I think he has the ability to be upper echelon guys. I mean, like, I think he just beat Amir Albezi. So, obviously, I think he can beat upper echelon guys. So, um, yeah, I, got, I don't think we have to worry about KKF yet. All right. I, I actually got one right that Gummy didn't get right in the next fight. This was, was a rarity last night. I had Alex Caceres beating Daniel Pineda. It was a messy fight. I, I said I said in the Discord, this is for sure a winning fight of the night because it's it's just a mess. And the uh, UFC brass seems to reward messy fights. But uh, Caceres beat Daniel Pineda 29-28 across the board. Pineda seemed like he wanted uh, – he, he got gassed multiple times in the fight kind of was waiting for the ref to step in the ref wouldn't and then he would start fighting again so messy fight not really surprising with these two in it and uh Caceres came through for me 
Yeah, right, right. Judges scorecards on this, which I can appreciate. Also, I do want to say, like, I liked Pineda's value at, you know, what did we have Matt, like plus 150 or something like that. And I said, you know, like, give Pineda a shot here. The the takedowns were there like I thought they would be. I mean, he went three of 11, which doesn't sound great, but he had, you know, like four or five minutes of top control time in a 15 minute fight. And, you know, it, did he look worse boxing? Yeah, but I kind of predicted he'd look worse boxing. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, I fun fight. Uh, not much to say other than that. Nope. This was a pretty much inconsequential card. The, there, there are some obviously interesting things for nerds like us. All right. Um, then we had this fight. We ended up not having an official pick on because, um, as Dan said, Jerry Gordon, who was a late minute replacement, well, not late minute, but a short notice replacement to, to begin with, apparently um, trying to get over a concussion and cutting 36 pounds in 11 days. Probably uh, wasn't idea. the greatest choice, uh, greatest choice for, for them to, to pick to, to step in uh, on this fight. So he, he uh, got pulled from the fight. Jesse Butler, a a who you probably did you know did you know Jesse Butler before this Dan? I had heard his name before, but I I couldn't have told you anything about him until I had to go back and watch. There you go. So and that's why I hit, if you were in the Discord, by the way, after I went back and watched two of his fights, I was like, Jim Miller's at negative one ninety. Go get it now, please. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jim Miller knocked him out um, with a punch. It was multiple punches after the fact, unfortunately. Um, like knocked him out bad uh, 23 seconds into the fight. It took him a while to get up and he still didn't seem to really, even when he was standing, didn't seem to know what was going on, but the old man strength came through again. Jim Miller. Old, old man, Jim Miller power is so fun. <laughs> it's so yep. fun. No um, and he and, looks and, like he's growing a mullet. So perfect. Yeah. He, he's, he's basically an honorary Canadian, but at this point, um, yep. But I'd say this, like, Knock Jesse Butler all you want. Took the fight on two days notice. Isn't a lightweight. He's a featherweight. Nope. He's also a guy who is better at jujitsu than he is at boxing. Uh, and he was never going to be better at jujitsu than Jim Miller. So, like, he basically was a too light of a weight guy going into a two days notice fight um, that he had no chance of having any kind of advantages in. So, uh, you know, props for him for taking what seems like an unwinnable fight. I hope they give him one actually at featherweight and we get to see a little bit more of what he's made of. Yep. Usually the, if you do them a favor, the UFC will give you at least another shot, another kick of the can, so to speak. Uh, flyweights were next. This was a damn made a lot of cash in this guy. Tim Elliott came through over Victor Altamirano. Altamirano was game, but Elliott is a tough, tough guy to fight. Uh, 30, 27, 327 29 28 uh like i said i, I thought there's value in alter moreno at plus 150 i think there's probably value on him there he, he looked decent enough here but elliot came through minus 170 for dan i said he'd wrestle him and i said it would be easy uh and you know what it was it was really easy um all it right if you say it, so no did, did you think it looked like he was struggling to wrestle him? no no no, he wasn't struggling. no not at all he had six of seven and had a let over 11 minutes of control time in that. Fight. Like, I mean, like, it's just one of those things where don't don't get me wrong. Altamirano's got fun striking, but like you have to be able to keep it there. Um, and I think that's going to be his problem moving forward, too. Like, and I don't know. Do, they don't they don't can him after this one. Right. Because, he no, oh, no he, he, he beat Venezia Salvador. Yeah, he beat Venezia Salvador. I'm sorry. I, I thought he lost to Venezia Salvador. Uh, I'm misremembering yeah. that fight. Um. But like, yeah, I, I just don't think he's going to keep it on the feet versus 
anybody with decent wrestling. And unfortunate for him, the featherweight division is loaded with wrestlers. Yep. Yeah, we haven't fired anyone yet. Crazy, right? Um, let's see. Karini Silva came through for us over Ketlin Souza. Did not take long in the Battle of the Chaos's submission. Knee bar. They're calling it a knee bar on Wikipedia, at least. It's, it's definitely not. <laughs> okay. Do you know what it was? Actually, I'll tell you what we had it for. I had her inside the distance at even money. That was nice. Because every every one of her wins have been inside the distance. Now 16 for 16. And money line was minus 225. Now you can break it down. So I um this is this is hard for me to to really break down because it looked like, well, first of all, it just looked like Catelyn Souza had no idea what was happening to her. And so then she just waited for it to happen to her. Um, she basically looked like a grappling dummy in there, which is not good. Um, but I'll say this about Karini is she she went for what looks like a straight ankle lock. But there was some kind of like fulcrum pressure to like turn the knee to the side, which I, I don't know that I've seen. Uh, I've certainly never drilled in my whole life because like when you get a straight ankle lock, the idea is, is you like get in on the Achilles and you, um, you like hike it up towards your, your chest and, and you try to straighten it out as much as possible and make it feel like you're cutting their Achilles in half. And it looked like she was going for that straight ankle lock. Then she got some kind of like weird side pressure and man, did that knee pop or what? Like that? I've, I've rewatched that like 17 times. I tweeted it out. Of course from our, you did. Uh, I, I've tweeted out from our SGPN MMA account. Like that was, uh, yeah, it, it like fun as hell. And also like, and I think E. Spencer Kite said this on one of his shows this week, which uh, I listened to. And he said like, Karini Silva is like this close to us being like, oh, we have to talk about her at flyweight all the time now. Like when oh, we're yeah, talking about sure. fun, when we're talking about fun flyweights, we have to talk about Karini Silva. She's like, she's almost how we felt about Manol Firo like three years ago, right? Like she, yep. she's starting to feel like, Oh, she's got it. Um, and, and I mean, she definitely had it on, on Saturday. She definitely is living up to the killer uh, name. Yeah, I think in the performance rank, I think she's definitely ranked now. It's not like flyweight is a deep division. So she, she probably is worthy her, of some we, consideration getting ranked. We should put her in there with Macy Barber next. Oh, yeah, we should, shouldn't we? Um, <laughs> Walter, uh, Walter Waits. Elysio Zaleski. Could change the top. <laughs> yeah, change the top. Well, I lost in this one, so I really don't want to. Uh, he beat Abubakar Nurmagomedov. A, another close fight, split decision. I, I think it was the correct decision, though. Um, the right man won 28-29, 29-28, 29-28. Mm-hmm. Did not look any worse for wear. Uh, you would assume he's off the sauce now, uh, but who knows? Um, he was off for almost, almost two years due to a drug test failure. Yeah, he, he did a he looked good from distance. Right. And that, that's always yeah. kind of been his thing. Although, you know what? I, I actually think he got the best of the clinch exchanges too, for that matter. Like, yeah. He, he looked did, good everywhere. Yeah. And, and I mean, he always has, and, and he stuffed enough, uh, Abubakar's takedowns. I, I thought he himself was going to land more, which is kind of disappointing. He didn't, but I guess he was landing enough of his strikes. And, and the bigger thing too, was he was just like, he was throwing so much more than Abubakar. Like Abubakar looked yeah. hesitant to like let go. Um, and maybe that's just because when he got hit, he felt it, um, which is yeah. always kind of the thing with with EDS. So, um, yeah, like uh, good win for him. Good win for me. Yeah, Zaleski is now t- he's 10 and three in the UFC now. Wild, right? Sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> and, yeah. and like, I, I think I said this on on our Thursday's episode. 
not against shitty competition, right? Like he, no, nope. he's he beat Max Griffin, Sean Strickland, uh, he beat Benoit Saint Denis. Um, his loss, you know, like losses to Lee Jing Liang, like that. That's like a he beat Omar Akhmedov, who was apparently juicing to the gills. Like, like he, he he's put together a hell of a resume. Exactly, and we have a hell of a resume here at SGPN and our app. Make sure you download the app. We got NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Finals contests going on right now. Um, you can win exclusively if you enter on our SGPN app. It's a series props and game props contest that they have game props before every game pops up there. I think you can still enter, but anyhow, I'm reading and doing the ad read regardless. You win a hundred dollar SGPN gift card is up for grabs if you win either contest. So download the SGPN app now and enter today. Get the app regardless whether the contest is on or not. We always have contests on there. All right, prelims. Daniel Santos uh, made us look good. We had we both have hit, had him. Uh, he looked very good over Johnny Munoz Jr. 29-27, Oh yeah, this was the the low blow, the 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 night of the low blows. This fight, uh, guys, just, they just took turns kneeing and kicking them, kicking each other in the balls. Yeah, you, you love to see it. Um, <laughs> you do. The very it, first strike of strike of the evening was a kick to the balls. Was there anything about this fight that made you be like, hmm, this is weird? Um, because I just watched it and I was like, and, and granted, I watched these the morning after where I already kind of knew the results. But like when I saw Daniel Santos beat Johnny Munoz and I saw the scorecards, I was like, OK, there's a point deduction somewhere in there. And it looks like he won all three rounds. And uh, I, I watched it and I was like, oh, yeah, he's just like Johnny Munoz can't wrestle this guy and he's a much worse striker. And then I, like, there's nothing else to say. Yep. There you go. Good enough, then. You have nothing else to say, then. I got nothing to say. It, I mean, like, All right, good. this seemed a lot easier than the price we were getting on it, didn't it? Yeah, we had him at minus 200, so we'll, we'll take our 50 bucks on our $100 bet for sure. Uh, next fight, what we were all in on on the old guy here, Andrzej I think he's going to have to be an auto fade going forward. It was basically a jab. He got knocked out on by Dante Mays. A TKO punches 317 into the second round. Like I said, Arlovsky, I know, I know you love him, but I think from now on, if he continues to fight, I am going to have to pick against him. So you keep saying that he's gonna, he's like moving in on auto fade territory. But here's my question. What if they give him Junior Tafa? <laughs> I'm picking Junior Tafa. You're going to pick Junior Tafa? The guy who yeah, I'm just not got... Picking, I'm, I'm not picking Arlovsky anymore. The guy who got manhandled by Mohamed Usman, you're going to pick, you're going to pick Junior Tafa. Yes, 44-year-old that just got knocked out at heavyweight. Yes, I'm not picking him again. Oh, man. Okay. So so, I can't wait to pick against you. Okay, yeah. I, I'm gonna, Taffa. They're going to they're gonna book him against Junior Tafa, just so you know. Um, <laughs> and when they do, uh, Arlovsky by decision, plus 185. <laughs> All right. Next fight, we got a real good line on. For some reason, uh, John Castaneda was only minus 120 against a short-notice newcomer in Muin Gafarov. 29-27 across the board for us for Castaneda. That was uh, not a surprise. We saw this coming, and um, it was a decent, very, very nice line. Well, yeah, why? I I'm still yeah. baffled by this. Like, I still don't know why this was so easy. And, and the only reason that that Gafaroff got any point, this was a point deduction, too, right, in the second? Yeah, right. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. And even Chris Lee got this one right. So... Um, I, I don't know. 
I really do think people saw the OV at the end of somebody's name and was like, oh, you gotta gotta bet him. The old Moon off Manji pick, right? If don't exactly, don't, yep. Don't fade anybody whose name ends in OV, which by the way, at this point in time in the night, um, we're talking about two different guys with the OV at the last name, and both yep. of them lost. Um yep. three if you count the fact Arlovsky's got it in the middle of his name. Uh yep. and uh Yeah, like I John Castaneda is really freaking good. And we're talking about yep. a guy taking a fight on a week's notice who's pretty much, I mean, he just looked like a wrestler who couldn't box in there. So, yeah, e- easy money. I hope uh, all you guys cash big on Castaneda, too. Here's an OV that we missed, Dan. Mohamed Naimov. He he knocked like TKO punches Jamie Malarkey. The biggest underdog of, of the night. Uh, it was 259 in the second round. He was at plus 350. Short notice debuting fighter came through and Joel NHL Joel had uh, just blind picking fighters. He had nine off. So <laughs> we did get, not. Not nine off was getting the crap kicked out of him too. Yeah. Malarkey led with his chin and yeah, he ate one. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know much to say uh, other than like, there isn't anything else to say. I, I mean, like I, I think our read was correct, right? Like yep. he, he was a better fighter today. Uh, I and, think Malarkey and, maybe got it too comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I think maybe you got too comfortable in, in eight one and uh, that's yep. upsetting. We ate, we ate the next one. Jin Yu Fry lost another close decision. Cause that's what she does against Elise Reed 29, 28 across the board. We were another old head underdog. We had in Fry and did not come through. I just have to say, if you knew Jin Yu Fry's tendency to like look good early and then like slowly forget that she knows how to fight, um, if you knew that about her and you were like, who would be the perfect coach to help her and wake her out yeah. of her bullshit, you would be like, oh, she needs safe out, right? Like she needs to know that like yep. after she wins that first round, she needs to keep the pedal to the metal. She can't like coast off or start to freak out or whatever it is that she does. And he is in her corner and he is saying the right things. And for some reason, she still just like fades away every fight. Um, she's also kind of old now, right? Like, she is. I, I, I think we're probably to the point where Jin Frey, um, despite the fact that like, uh, I do think she beat Vanessa Demopoulos uh, two fights ago. She now has it one since July 31st of 2021. That was over Ashley Yoder, who's not in the UFC anymore. Uh, before that, she beat Gloria DePaula, uh, who's also not in the UFC anymore. Before that, two losses. Before that, uh, a loss in it, or a win in Invicta against Ashley Cummins. She's never won a UFC fight against somebody still in the UFC. Yeah, no, she's going to go bye bye. I think. I I, I think so. Sadly, because like yep. when she is. When she's the Jin Yu Fry we saw in the first round last night, she's really yep. good. She's like, she's really good. She's just not that person very often. Nope. All right, let's go to one that I did hit. I, don't, I hit an underdog here. Um, Demont Your underdog Blackshear. of the week. Oh, don't, don't, don't undersell it. Underdog the underdog of the week. Wait a minute. I messed up. I had you listed as having Blackshear as well. You did not. You went against the guy that was on your podcast. Damon Blackshear. TKO punches 354 into the second round. While I fix my over Luan Lucerta, while I fix my spreadsheet, Dan's going to uh, quickly break down the fight for you. I mean, he just looked a good bell to bell. Uh, I was surprised 
he looked as good on his feet as he did. Uh, I think, you know, DeMond Blackshear is one of those guys who I, I, I like hesitate to call him a veteran because like he, he's fought a lot of high level dudes. But like when he was on the regional scene, he lost to a lot of them. Now he has made it to the show. This is his first win in three fights. Um, but he like sometimes like he embodies a veteran more than his record even shows. You know what I mean by that? Like he just like yep. seems like he knows what he's doing in every situation. And I think that kind of exposed Luan Lacerda here. Definitely. And in the curtain jerker, I lost Felipe Lanz. Boy, he, he's, he's looking good at light heavyweight. Wasn't the greatest fight, but uh, he took care of Maxim Aggression, 29-28-29-28-30-27. Lins, actually, now that I think about it, this was really bad fight IQ uh, by Lins. It was his corner, too. His corner, Lins was clearly faster on the feet um, with the striking. Grishin did not like, didn't want anything to do with uh, Lins's striking, it appeared, after he got hit with by a few of his uh, his jabs. And yet his corner was insisting that Lins try to grapple the guy because i i understand how that would have been the the um game plan heading into the fight but he was he was doing very well on the feet um and yet while he was doing well on feet he insisted on you know getting these super boring drawn out grappling exchanges that no one was winning um and yeah lins uh is looking better at light heavyweight he got the win here uh i did not gumby did he had lins as the underdog plus 114 Underdog of the week. Um, and the also, week. I'm just going to throw this out here. Do you think Felipe Linz is good enough to be a ranked light heavyweight? Because light, light, first of all, light heavyweight sucks. Light heavyweight yes. sucks. I, I, and and I, you're right, not yet. I'm not going to vote for him this week. I haven't filled out my rankings yet, but I'm not going to vote for him this week. But, like, would you... Would you have to at least think about who you would pick in a fight between him and Dustin Jacoby? Like you'd you'd sit and yeah, think about yeah, it for a bit. Yeah, yeah, Jacoby's I think on the way down, sadly, so possibly. But yeah, what, I, if, I'm not... what about if you, what if you told me Felipe Linz was fighting number twelve Dominic Reyes? Yeah, Reyes is on his way. Yeah, that's the thing. There's there there is room for a new breed, uh, a new wave of light heavyweights to to rise up because a lot of like two of the people you just mentioned seem to be on the way out. So. Yeah. yeah, and and same with like, you know, like Paul Craig doesn't look like himself, and he's number nine, so he's not going to get that yeah. fight. But like, Felipe Linz almost seems like he's got some of the skills that he could give Paul Craig trouble. So like, yeah, I, I like think, I I think people are sleeping on how good this dude is at light heavyweight because he looks so bad at heavyweight. Um, yeah. and and I say that as somebody who, um won the heavyweight PFL tournament, won a million bucks uh, in PFL. But also, like, you know, not for anything. Like, he lost to Andre Arlovsky and Tanner Boser at heavyweight, disappeared for two years, came back, shredded his hell, and is now 3-0 at 205. So um, sign me up for more Felipe Lins fights. I I know that it maybe didn't look exciting on paper and, and, and in the moment, but it's, like, really exciting to see somebody who, like, looks like his career was over figure something out yeah definitely interested in seeing where he uh, goes going forward from here so uh gumby went six and six ended up losing 154 bucks i went oh, that's not, lost that's not correct is it uh yes i thought i thought you had black share and you did not yeah one two three four five yeah you had six you're six and six okay hang on let me because my not my numbers incorrect. my numbers say different numbers than you're saying but really fine. yeah care of france 
You had Pineda. You had Elliott. Oh. At Silva. Silva. You had Dos Santos. You had Santos. You had Arlovsky. You had Castaneda. You had Malarkey. You had Frey. You had Lucerta. You had Linz, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I Yep. Loser. My my spreadsheet was also incorrect. Now I'm on the right Oh, page. well, there you go. There you go. So Gumby's at 54% in the year. I'm at 60%. Well, we're going to do better. And then we already told you about our locks and our props and our dogs and all that good stuff. And the Hunger Man Jong did not hit other, other ends of it. So boo to that. But, um, but we hit our locks and dogs. We did hit our locks and dogs. So hopefully you were, you were following us on those and you uh, made some money as most people in the Discord did. Uh, as for the people who made real uh, real money, 50, 50K bonuses, Caceres Pineda, as I mentioned, was fight of the night. Jim Miller and Mohamed Naimov won performances of the night. The, finally, the Octagon is heading north up to my home country of Canada, Vancouver, British Columbia, the Rogers Center, Rogers Arena, excuse me. Uh, and boy, do they have a barn burner of, of an event. Wow, what a fight card. Um, for, I, what a pay-per-view. Remember, this is a pay-per-view I'm going to read off to you. Um, I love this happening card, this by the way. Of course you do, because you are a nerd, which is good. Everyone listening is a nerd. But um, All right. Remember, you have to pay for this, Dan. Amanda Nunez versus Arini Aldana. Do you have to pay for it? You do. Everyone has to pay for it. Okay. It's, okay. Pay, it's pay-per-view, Dan. Sure. You have to, or you go you to jail. To. Dana yeah, White yeah. will get you. All right. Uh, Nunes versus Aldana for the Women's Bantamweight Championship. Uh, coming in event, Charles Oliveira versus Benio Darius. Not going to seize that fight. Third from the top, Mike Malott versus Adam Fugit. We're, that fight we're pay rules, that. dude. That fight rules. Yeah, we're, that's definitely a pay-per-view worthy card. Dan Ege versus Nate Land. We're another pay-per-view worthy card. And then do you think that Mark fight Andre, isn't wild exciting? Yeah, but Mark Andre Barrio versus Eric Anders. There, that's what you have to pay 70 bucks I, for. I'm telling you this. If you are... If you're tuning into this fight and you're like, I need to see movement in the rankings afterwards, you're right. This is not a fun yeah. card. But if you're telling me that the, I, I watch fights because I like to watch fun fights, this is a fucking sick card. Because Ige Landwehr wow, is going to be chaos. Ige Landwehr is going to be chaos. Fugit Malat is going to be nuts until somebody drops. Uh, Anders and Barrel is, is going to be fun. And hit me with the prelims because there's a bunch of dudes right, I love here. Here's the free part. Nasruddin Imovov, Chris Curtis. I like that. Miranda Maverick, Jasmine Jasudavicius. I like that as well. Ayman Zahabi, Eri Keelang. I like that. Kyle Nelson, Blake Builder. I don't think I have an opinion on that one. Blake then, Builder's uh, early a beast. Prelims, huh? Blake Builder's Sorry? a beast. Blake the Builder. Yes, I remember him. Uh, early prelims, David Dvorak, Stephen Ersig, and then Diana Balbicha versus Maria Oliveira. And then Kalia Roundtree was supposed to fight uh, Chris Dawkins. Dawkins pulled out. Not sure if Roundtree, they're going to get him an opponent or not. So I heard they had go. somebody, but they haven't confirmed it. All right. Well, there you go. Gumby, Gumby heard things. So that is what we're going to be covering co this coming Wednesday, Thursday. Prelims Wednesday, main card and fancy picks on Thursday as per usual. But before then, we have our Monday's episode, our non-UFC episode. The PFL is back, barely. They're limping through uh, to their... It, they've only gone through one round of... Uh, of their um, regular season, and they're already limping. Uh, but we'll break that down tomorrow with our PFL picks. Until then, I told you about the Discord. Get in there. Say hi. Have some fun with us. Twitter is SGP and MMA. Gummy runs that. Puts sick pictures of people's knees popping and whatnot. 
He's also at Gumby Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. I told you about my Substack, moneyemma.substack.com. Subscribe. I will be running my pick'em contest. It'll be posted on Monday for UFC 289. So get in there. Where else should you get? Oh, you should get the Top Turtle MMA podcast into your ear holes. Gumby hosts that um, every week. And for all things SGPN, go to sportsgumbypodcast.com. Oh, yeah. we, we uh, Every episode, we try to give you an Edge Boots Double Down Play oh, of the Day. We I, didn't got make... I got you. You got one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so if you're if you're looking to get an edge boost, a double down play of the day, uh, which by the way, uh, gr- great product. If you're making sure that your your funds aren't entirely tied up, you need something to be in on there. So uh, I'm gonna give you one that you're gonna want to play now before the odds change. So my edge boost, double down play of the day is go get the line that you can find right now on Ikram Aliskarov before he fights Paulo Costa. That fights at the end of July. But Ikram Aliskarov right now, negative 120. I think that's going to balloon out of control up into the 200s. You want to get it now, but also you don't want your funds to be tied up. So go get your edge boost double down play of the day. Ikram Aliskarov, negative 120. It enables you to double your bet with no interest. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Sign up today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. What a professional that Gumby is. All right, we'll be back in your ear holes tomorrow with some more picks you can double down on. Um, until then, Monstro, Jeff Fox. Actually, not until then. When we come in back in your ear holes, I will be Monstro, Jeff Fox. He will be Maximus, Gumby Reland, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 